going on, everybody? Welcome to the Unapologetically 90s Podcast. I'm Matt Sullivan, joined by my co-host, Christian Glaum. What's up, everybody? Each week, we're going to dust off one of our old CDs and cassettes and dedicate an episode to it. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back. Episode three on Apologetically 90s Podcast. My name is Matt Sullivan. As always, I'm your host. Today, we're going to do Incubus's album, Make Yourself. Incubus's, Incubus, what is it? Incubus's? Incubus, Incubi, oh, Incubus's. The possessive form of Incubus. Yes. Incubus's? Incubus's, Make Yourself. Yeah, I think it's Incubus's. Okay. You're the, uh. Now that we've established that. You're the English major over here. <laughs> it's Incubus's, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it was released on October 26, 1999. I was uh, 16 years old, but I didn't really fully appreciate him until my early 20s. I saw him live um, 2003, I think. It was Lollapalooza. And they opened up with Nice to Know You and... Um, What's the other one? So the, that's the Morning, morning View, View tour. Yeah. 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 What was it? Nice to Know You and what's the other song? I can't, the other hit song. I don't know. They have a bunch. Which one are you talking about? Goodbye, Nice to Know You. And then, oh, fuck. It's escaping me totally. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But anyways, it was right before they released Megalomaniac. Uh, and they played uh, Megalomaniac. Was that the second song? No, that was the third song. Oh, uh, okay. And, um. I partook in some chocolate bars that day. Okay, okay. And that was it. That was a wrap. After that, I was hooked. Yeah, I could I could see how that would happen. I, I've never seen Incubus live. Um, they're definitely on the, the bucket list. You're missing out. Yeah. I, I've seen, I have like this concert DVD or something, like a live at Red Rocks or something. Um, and it was from the Megalomaniac, uh, the, the Crow Left of the Murder tour. That's a good album. Yeah, like but that that's album. that's the show that they were putting on, I guess, on that tour. That's I've seen, but not in person, you know. But I've seen that. We were gonna go uh, last year. We just didn't have the money for it. Remember, we were gonna go to the twenty years of Make Yourself. Yeah, they were They're, around here twice, and yeah, they had um, two shows in Philly. Yeah. So, I'm making a note for later after concerts come back. I don't care how much the concert ticket costs anymore. I'm going. Yeah, I definitely need to see them. They got to get knocked off the list. <laughs> well, you want to start? Sure. Let's get into it. All right. Track one, we're going with Privilege. This song comes in. It's probably the perfect opening song for an album to me. Like yeah. This, this album is in my top five. Yeah, of- I, I, I just know the, the powerhouse guitar, you know, the way, the way it comes in. It's definitely a good, good opener. Sets the tone, I think, for this album very nicely. Yeah, I mean, you know, the lyrics. Brandon Boyd's a lyrical genius. He's a mastermind. <laughs> kind of backdoor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny the drum when the drum comes in in that chorus though. The boom, boom. Yeah, that gets me every time. It hits me. Um, and you know, the day you were born, you were born free. That's uh, that's American in a nutshell. Yeah, that that it's it is. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Yeah, back in 1999. 99. That was right before the world was going to end. And That's Y2K. True. Well, I was just going to say Y2K. <laughs> but here we are, 20 years later. 21. Well, from, from Y2K, we're 20 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My math's fucked up. Yeah. Okay, you know, we're fast. Track two. This song's like a 
a classic depression song, like when you're in a funk. Yeah. You just get in the car, you put the windows down, put the radio up, and just let that shit fly. Yeah, yeah. And, this one, um, I can feel that. Uh, I, I just like the uh, the rhythmic changes, how it how it changes. Um, like there's like a shuffle kind of going on. Well, the drums are all over the place on this song. Yeah. Like his his work with the the hi hats and the snares and like it's like you said, very off time, but yeah, on time. I like the the shuffles that, that that are going on. And then um, in this song, the uh, I don't know if it's a guitar with a some kind of processing on it or if it's an actually like a sitar or something, but like the guitar tone, you know, in the middle always stood out to me. Oh, the one that has like that. The Middle Eastern sound. Too. Yeah, like if you're like, listening. Yeah, so like, I don't know if that's a pedal on his guitar, if it's an actual sitar. Like I don't really know. It's like, um, like a snake charmer music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right, let's go to uh, Consequence. This is my top track of the album. Okay. Okay. Um, the bass line gets me every time. I used to have 2004 Monte Carlo, first car I ever bought, brand new. Uh-huh. and that was my baby. Yeah. So naturally, I had to put some. Uh, it had a big trunk, but I had a low budget, big so trunk. I, I had some. Uh, I had two tens in the back with an amp. Oh, so she had some junk in her trunk. Oh yeah, her <laughs> her her junk. Uh, it vibrated when it was hit right. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, but this song, like, that always sticks out to me. Driving in my car. Yeah. I always get brought back to sitting inside that Monte Carlo. I miss that damn car. Yeah, this song for me, I always appreciated the the heavy soft dynamic. You know, it's just that's so '90s, like how just to be like a lighter part on the chorus, and then it just blows up in the, the distorted verses and everything. Um, this was one I always thought the uh, the turntables were kind of kind of cool in. Yeah, I like when he comes in and he scratches it. Yeah, it's a nice touch. Yeah, I always like the um, the breakdown in the guitar solo in mm-hmm. the middle. It's just like, you know, like the build up and then it just comes in and yeah. it's, it's smacks you right in the face. That it does. Because um, th- this sounds to me like there's parts that are like floaty, you know, and when those heavy ones come in, it's exactly like you said, it just smacks you in the face. Yeah, it starts off like, you know, very, flo- like you said, floaty. Yeah, that's like a, the best way I could and describe it. it. Th- there's kind of like a, almost like a dichotomy in the song where you think it's coming in happy and the subject matter of it. Is, yeah is a little more real and in your face. True, true. But then they make up with it. Heavy guitars, all that. Yeah, like I said, I like that dynamic, you know, the heavy, soft dynamic. Let's move on to uh, The Warmth. Uh, This is my top track. Um, This is one that's always kind of stood out to me. Um, The lyrics, you know, are just, are so good, and then the guitar just sucks you right in, but to me, like, one of the things I always thought really cool about this song was the core, every chorus is different, like, it it builds, you know, the the first chorus sings through, and it's just one, uh, one voice, you know, Brandon Boyd just singing, and then the second chorus, they start to layer it, there's a second uh, vocal that comes in under it, though, it's a lower lower one and then by the third chorus there's another voice that comes in like belting a higher harmony i just always thought it was really cool how they just um built this, that up this one tickles your producer brain yeah, yeah it does you know and then um we were listening earlier i was talking about you know in the um in that bridge part like the bass thumps like a quick note every time the kick hits like they're just perfectly locked in um you know but um like I said, this one to me was just lyrically uh, so good, you know, not everyone hears that fucked up and cold. You know, oh no, just... it's definitely, 
very real. Yeah. And it's it's not sugar-coated whatsoever. Um, it's so positive. It's such a positive Yeah, message. it's positive, but it's also letting you know it's it's going to be a struggle. Right. But if your mindset's better than everybody else's, you should be able to move move through life uh, comfortably. Don't get sucked into the cold-hearted fuckery. Yes. I always wanted to know, I'm pretty sure it's humpback whales at the beginning of that song, <laughs> with like the high screeching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I base it off of uh, what I watch on Animal Planet. Yeah. You know, when they're chasing whales. What is or, these animals? What is these animals? <laughs> That's a crocodile. <laughs> uh, this track is amazing live. I, this is another one they played, Lollapalooza. Uh-huh. And just the way that, you know, the bass and everything hits you when you're in a large venue. Yeah. It, it reverberates through your body. It's like, you know, you're being sucked into an alternate dimension for however long the song is, four and a half minutes or I, I can imagine that, especially so live. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. Please, if you ever get the chance, go see Incubus. I know I plan to. Next track is uh, When It Comes. The bass tone hits so hard. Yeah. In this. <clears throat> I got a funny, excuse me, I got a funny story. Uh, a friend of mine, he also had a big setup, way bigger than mine in his trunk mm. system for his car. And it's the nineties. Everybody had a fucking system in their car. Dude, you had to let, <laughs> you had to let the whole street know you had arrived. Yes. And that was just the way it was. Uh, but the bass in the uh, chorus, you know, when it comes, it comes around and he hits that do, 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 do. When it hits that real low verse or the low note, excuse me. The back window of his car blew out like it sucked all the air in and then when it released the back window just flew that's so base you you felt the air suck out of the car it was uh, a surreal feeling i was gonna say when it comes i was always like what is it you know and mental piracy maybe it's the sub bass when that sub bass comes and yeah, blows out your fucking window yeah i i might have experienced some hearing loss <laughs> I mean, th- this song has total relevance today when you're talking about mental piracy and, you know, everybody getting their information off of memes and Reddit and yeah. Facebook and, you know, it's it's a dangerous path. And we're going down it. We're going. We're I hope well, we, don't, we are well on our way. I hope we don't stay there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really don't. Same. I'm not a fan of this place right now. No, the world is fucked right now. But it's not that cold. No, it's definitely not. Not everybody here anyway. Right. It's that cold. <laughs> on that note, we'll move on to Stellar. <laughs> uh, the guitar riff is so catchy in this song. Yeah, I was say, that's so, you know, the, the first obvious thing that jumps out at you, you know, is that, that guitar. It really is like a, it's a textbook way on how to write a hit song. For the, you know, it has the, the, catchy, the catchy chorus, the, you know, the singable chorus. Yeah. Mix that with the guitars, and it's a love song. Love songs always hit. Yeah, you can't go wrong with a love song. Um, and this, dude, this one's like done in such a such a way. Like, it's such a classy ass way of making, you know, like a sex reference. Like, it's the only way I can show you how it feels to be inside you. Like, oh, wow, like that's sexy. But goddamn, Brandon Boyd, like you just got away with words, man. Well, if you were you or I tried to say that, it would not come nearly as 
as smooth. No, say Brandon Boyd is a smooth operator. Yeah, we would get a purse to the face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I remember this song had a video. I remember just uh, like space themed video or something. I remember the video. I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm, yeah, same. I can kind of picture what it's what it's like. Yeah, you know, I think it was like wasn't Brandon Boyd like looking out of a fucking spaceship or something. I haven't seen it in so long. I just kind of remember like a visual of like seeing the world from somewhere else. Yeah. So I could be wrong about like it being a spaceship. Maybe it was sitting on another planet or something. I don't know. It's just what I kind of remember, but I, I could be way wrong on that. See, this was about the time I started fading out of the music video game. Yeah. yeah because same, same. MTV was fading out. Right. This was when MTV started playing Jackass 12 hours a day. Yeah. Yes, this is definitely <laughs> Which that time. I was MTV. more than happy to uh, oblige. Yeah, watching I, would, a, I watched a lot of Jackass. I'll still watch it today. I was, they, were, they started making a movie, and it was like the second day of filming, and Knoxville and Steve-O were both hospitalized. Yeah, yeah, like, we, were, oh, we were talking about like these that. These old fucks, man. You guys are too old to be doing this shit. Now. Yeah, I mean, I'm still going to watch it, don't get me wrong, but you're way too old to be fucking doing <laughs> this fucking dumb shit. Oh, shit. I mean, you just got to hang it up at some point. Yeah. Like, when they were 27 and doing this... Their bodies were already like fifty-year-old bodies. Yeah, break a goddamn hip. Yeah, now they're in their forties. You know, it's it's maybe fifties. I, I was gonna know. say, is in Knoxville like fifty? If he is, that's a scary thought. Yeah. Well, let's move on to make yourself. Yeah, let's do that. This song, uh, you know, it hits on a personal level. It's all about self-improvement, and you know, making amends with yourself. You know, if you've ever struggled with addiction of any kind, it's, I'm not a 12 stepper by any means, but this is like one of the, you know, the, one of the 12 steps is making amends with yourself. Okay. Now I see With that. what you've done wrong. Yeah. Um, so that's one that kind of stuck with me a little bit and, you know, realizing that the outside influences don't have to dictate your life through what you're doing and applying it with this song. It just... You know, you connect with it emotionally. Yeah, it's definitely deep lyrically. Um, I never made the, you know, the twelve-step connection, but that's kind of a cool way to. With to translate it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, different. You know, lyrics translate different to different people. That's a cool, cool thought. Um, for me, this is one that uh, the guitar always stuck out. Um, you know, I, I listened to it earlier. You know, made took my notes and. I remember thinking it's such a Mike Enziger song. Um, he's, he always has like these crazy syncopated uh, rhythms and the way he goes about doing his his business. But like the song just what what the hell is a syncopated rhythm? Syncopation is like when you play on the offbeat. You know, um, like okay, the, like, you're going the, against the grain. Yes, like very non-obvious yeah. rhythms. You know, like rhythmically, I've just always been such a fan of patterns that he strums and, and comes up with and this is one that just uh, you know on this album in particular I, I, I felt that you know just kind of showed what what he does like to me like this is just like a a showcase of what he does it's he's showcasing his talents yeah letting you know that he has range for days he does he, <laughs> he does I mean the guitars are like tough sounding throughout this whole song it has almost like a a little bit of a metal undertone, but, and I'm a big fan of metal. So anything that's like, like the guitar sound is deep yeah. and, and heavy. 
I'm drawn to. Yeah, this one's definitely heavy. Well, let's move on to our favorite song, Drive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we, bo- we both had the same notes on this one, and the first note both said overplayed. Yeah. <laughs> which it was. Yeah, yeah, like, definitely. Um, but I didn't always... Uh, I don't even like hate this song. I don't think it hates the right word, but like I didn't always like just nah at this song. Um, so like when I was getting into uh, to Incubus, um, they weren't you know huge before this this album, and I had only heard of them through a friend. Like I wasn't like the biggest into them, but I, like I had heard Science and stuff, and I was like, oh wow, like all right, these guys are pretty cool. So um, I remember my friend who turned me on to my boy Pat um, got this CD. And he's like, oh, you, you know, want to fucking hang out or whatever. I'm like, yeah. So I remember before even going over there, he's like, yeah, there's this song Drive. You got to you gotta hear, you know, he's like, it's, it's fucking crazy good. I was like, all right. Um, so we went over and listened to this front to back. And this one definitely was just like, damn, like that song's just sick. Um, so it was, it was a favorite, you know, before, uh, before it became, before it became a single, you know, people still love it. Um, I still cover it this day but overplayed um the, sing- it's, the singable chorus makes yeah. it makes it a staple that should be in your uh rep- repertoire yeah you know like i said people still like it that that hook is just undeniable but when it's just get beaten into your brain it just uh it's, i worked at this when this came out i was working at a hotel uh, timeshare resort and the radio basically was just like a top 20 station so basically every hour the song would start over so if you're there for 10 12 hours in a day you're hearing incubus's drive 10 12 times I, in a day like it's just yeah. gets just beaten to hell i i feel like at one point or another when i was probably working at borgata like the casino yeah this was playing over the pa yeah you know it you was couldn't like, help it, but run into it like everywhere yeah. like his song was just always playing it just made its way into the rotation yeah on almost everything and you know, over time, it's just like now when I listen to it, I I just skip it. Yeah, I, I think I still let it play sometimes, but I do still I do skip it sometimes. And it's I gotta say it's a great song. It's not that. It's just oh no, it it's just, a masterclass on how to write a hit song. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, I just I've just heard it too. It's too fucking much, man. The ingredients are all perfectly blended together. Yeah, to make something that's going to be mass consumed yeah like i said we were bought right into that hook line and sinker you know this was the one on that album like wow this fucking song drive is so good i don't don't have the info in front of me but i know from reading earlier it's their highest charting song ever ever. yeah i I think think when i was clicking on the spotify when we went to listen to it it was the first song on their yeah hot part you know let's move on to clean let's do that this this intro comes in hot and you know it's a little drawn out extended intro but it's it's building up to something good and it's, it's got that percussion too in the intro that's like one of the things i always liked was yeah. the, the percussion when um when he hits that drum fill right before brandon starts singing yeah that that makes it move every time yeah it's a head bobber yeah it's a fucking head bobber I love the lyric in this song. I need a map of your head translated into English so I can learn to not make you frown. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Me too, Brandon. Me too. <laughs> it is the everlasting mystery of the world. Um, figuring out your woman. Yes. Even when you're married, I still don't have mine figured out. I say every every man can relate to this one on some level. 
<laughs> I think it's it's an underrated song for the track. I I feel like it didn't get the um the recognition it deserved. Yeah, I would agree. It's definitely got to like you know be considered a B side style you know type type song, but it uh... it has it has single material though. You know, like it it could be a a single, but yeah, I could I could see it. At least for me, maybe I'm, I'm over partial. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just, they never got you know like you said the same hype as others, but still a good song. The um, the DJ scratches and everything in this song. The, it makes that like little whistle sound. Yeah, that's always been like a great layer. I've like, I've added got in there. turntables in my notes as well. Yeah, that yeah. Was, like so you know clearly it jumps out on this song. Well, if you like turntables, you're gonna like the next song. Oh yeah, Battlestar Scratchalacha. That's <laughs> such a name. It is such a name for a song. Um, I heard that, and I don't know if this is this is accurate. I probably should have like Googled it. Um, but I heard that the song's like two DJs battling. Like it's like a back and forth. It makes total sense thing, though. You know, it's when I listen to this song, I feel like I'm sitting in like a like a piano lounge or a jazz lounge. Yeah. Should be sipping a martini. Yeah. You know, a couple extra olives on there on the side. Right. To chew on. Yeah. But it shows the true talent of the band musically. Like it, it, what they what they're capable of. It sounds like porn music to me. Like he just It's got some baby making music yeah, vibes in there. Bass is fuck. <laughs> bass is fuck. <laughs> what does that even mean? That's what I got in my notes. I don't know. I think I <laughs> You gotta elaborate. The bass, is, the bass is just sexy. I don't know. The bass is fuck. The boom, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. You know, boom, yeah. Just funk, funk music, man. It gets your neck moving. Yeah. And then there's those prog drops, you know, where it's like, doom, do do do. You can Peter Griffin to it. Yes. You yeah. absolutely can Peter Griffin to it. <laughs> that's like our, our our measuring point on if something's really truly catchy or not because like when we were coming up with the the theme for our own podcast i was like wait let's give it the test and we had to peter griffin it and it, and it worked and it's if you ever seen the uh family guy episode with the beverly hills cop <laughs> yes that's what we're talking about yeah where they where they fucking go back in in time and peter has to like win lois over again so that she doesn't end up with quagmire and him and Cleveland keep ending up at the uh, the club, and yeah. <laughs> it's just the fucking Beverly Hills song, and he's just singing it every time. All right, let's move on to "I Miss You." <laughs> this is not a song you computer. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's in my fucking head now. I, I created a monster. <laughs> I really have. <laughs> I'm serious though. Try it out on your favorite songs. You'll see. If Peter, it works, Peter, Peter Griffining that shit will work. <laughs> so let's move on to "I Miss You." Yeah, Th- this is a skip song for me. It's it's too cheesy. I see. I don't know. I I I always like this song. I guess I'm into cheesy love songs, you know. But uh, it was the first song I learned to play off this album, um, and it's one of the at least from what I've noticed, very few drop D Incubus songs. Um, you know, and you said it was cheesy. Like I don't know. Like he fucking Brandon Boyd said, "You're a threefold utopian dream." Like who fucking says that? I, I just thought it was Brandon Boyd says that. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> I don't think it's cheesy. Like he, it, it's cheesy, but it's done in a way 
that he's Brandon Boyd and it's not cheesy. Like, he's just the fucking the Mac, man. You see, I, I enjoy a good breakup song. Uh But a sad breakup song doesn't doesn't do it for me. See, but this isn't necessarily a breakup song to me. It's more of a song of hope of trying to... Re- reconcile? Yeah, like, yeah. fix it. It's more of a fixing song to me, you know? He's like, right. I want you to know that I care and I miss you. It's like... I don't know. It seems like he's gonna. He's trying to, gonna try and make things right. That's that's why I always interpreted this song. So you're saying this would be like a song that, if we were in an '80s movie, he'd have the boombox out and knock absolutely, it on the the, yes. absolutely. This is a boombox on the front yard song. Yeah, singing, belting it out in the front yes, lawn. Yes, that's that's how I've always translated this one. Not as so much of a angry breakup song or even a breakup song. It's just like you know, you're you're maybe separating and taking your cool down space or you know maybe you're at the point where maybe like it's like oh she's she's done but you know like i'm gonna I'm gonna fix it you know i don't know that's just the way it always translated can, to me i can dig that yeah let's move on to part of me there's another one with a video yes and they cut their hair they all had really short hair in this video after having like dreads and shit it, it's a great song to listen to when you're having a bad day yeah um you know you just it's another one you just windows down crank it up Right. Um, even if you got to sing in the car and look like an idiot, and the people are staring at you yeah. in the next lane over, you just you can't help but belt this one out. No. Well, the lyrics they flow so smooth. Yeah. And the vocabulary he uses on this song is unreal. Like combusting, combustication. Right. Is that a word? I've never heard it before. This song. I know what it is. Yeah. I well combusting if you're internally combusting you're lighting on fire oh yeah yeah i know what combustion is what i'm saying is combustication i thought you were gonna expand beyond that i was like oh i, I guess it was just a clever way to rhyme with vacation yeah <laughs> is it really weird i don't know um the guitar i always thought was kind of cool in the song like in the in the verse part it's like more sonic swells and then just like quick pick you know string scratching noises um and you know it just kind of fills it out you don't realize that it's not like actually you know your traditional guitar parts or whatever being played it's like sonic noise i got you um and then also one of the things i thought found interesting about this song um is it sounds so different but it's like the same chords as Crash Into Me by um, Dave Matthews. Like, very similar. It's like this, it's in the shape and the family, you know, not the exact same order, but. Is this like the situation with, um, we were talking about in the first episode, Better Than Ezra and uh, Good? Very, and very when, close. When I come like those, around? those are note for note the same thing. Um, okay. This is, I'm just, these are in the same, like, chord family. It's, it's just like a weird chord shape. Um, you know that anybody, if you play guitar, you'd get what I'm saying. It's hard to explain, but I play um, no instruments. Yeah, so I'll try to explain it to you. Understand? So like, it's just yeah. these particular. It's a weird chord shape. Um, that's just not common, and the notes that play off of it, you know, are kind of like you're talking the, about where you're holding your 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 left hand. Yeah, or yeah, whatever. Um, and it's just neck. kind of the same same chord chord forms. Um, okay. There's an acoustic version of this. I think it's off of uh, When Incubus Attacks, um, where you can really hear, you know, because um, he, he does like this this uh, arpeggiated thing over the chords. And you can really hear hear it there. Whereas this this version is more of uh, like he's doing volume swells, like each each chord kind of just you know what I mean gets kind of louder. And I really enjoy swells. their. In their acoustic stuff, yeah, it's really good. 
you you introduced me to uh certain shade of green certain acoustic shade of green acoustic version, yeah and i can't listen to the original version anymore yeah it's it they turned it if you're familiar with that song um they, they turned it acoustic into just straight up like lounge jazz song versus the original which was like aggressive metal-y so, you know it's so smooth yeah it's it's ridiculously smooth but i, I strongly suggest going and looking that one up um if you've never heard it certain shade of green acoustic let's move to the last track of the album one out more. from under yes uh, this one comes in hot and heavy yeah it, it, it's strong you know like the bass tone is very low and slappy yeah everything about it is strong um th this is uh in my opinion the most aggressive song vocally you know like just parts where he's flat out screaming at the end um but then even in the verses like the attitude on his voice he growls yeah, he like the know? way he inflects yeah he his puts, vocals puts a growl in some points you know but it's just such such a change up um i think vocally and and brandon boyd is just probably like top top three to five all-time favorite singers if not even top i don't know he's just got the ultimate rock voice i don't know he belts shit out i just i love it and he can he carries a note yeah amazingly. he can sing his ass off like he he goes from high he can go pretty high too yeah his range is is very uh impressive very oppressive yes i mean to resist is to piss in the wind anyone who does will end up smelling <laughs> like <laughs> Fucking great line. It makes a fair point, a very, very fair point. Yeah, it's kind of like a, like a Confucius saying. Okay. okay. You know, like yeah. Confucius say. Oh, that's probably racist as shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're gonna get canceled. Three episodes in, and we're canceled. That's Looney Tunes. It is. That is. <laughs> I, I was thinking, uh, like that. What's that Jim Croce song? You don't spit into the wind. You don't hang on. I got no idea what you're talking about. I don't know, it's like kind of, it just reminds me of that Jim Croce song. I don't know. <laughs> if anybody knows that song, that's kind of what the vocal reminded me of. Well, that wraps it up for Make Yourself. Once again, that was, that's a top five album for me. That's a hell of an I, album. It's, it's still in my rotation today, at least, at least once a week. You yeah. know, maybe, maybe every few days. Okay. Um, I, you know, I spend a lot of time behind the wheel driving for work. Mm. So my Spotify is on fire all the time yeah <laughs> all right, well let's move on to our random billboard top 10 uh this week we're oh what the fuck <laughs> that was the last time to the wade's world thing came up again for bohemian reps <laughs> yeah we're gonna get sued for copyright it was it was an advertisement for wayne's world i guess this was hot the week of june 6th 1992 which also happens to be my ninth birthday Oh, check that out. So you want to know what was hot when I was nine years old? Number one song, Crisscross Jump, which we're going to mention later in our One Hit Wonders. Yeah, it was funny because we were talking about uh, having old cassettes from the 90s on the on the ride over here. And we're talking about ones that we found or would still have. And I just this was the one I happened to say, like, oh, I remember having a Crisscross Jump cassette tape in the old cardboard sleeve. You know, and then and then we come and look this up, and it's the number one song. It was just funny. It was a, funny odds. That's why we're like, all right, that's got to be our our one hit wonder this this week. No, the number two song is "Under the Bridge." Chili Peppers. I, that's I didn't know they really reached that high. Yeah, but I think that was like their their most successful song, maybe. And Vogue. 
they Dude, were. I just remember that video thinking they were hot. And Vogue? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Wow, 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 wow. That's a jam. And Mariah Carey will always be a staple on any oh, absolutely. Uh, billboard. Sir Mixalot was apparently crushing it too. Baby, Baby got, got back. back. That's another one we got to roll in for a one hit wonder probably. Yeah, that's going to have to. <laughs> you got TLC. Wait, wait, you got Michael. Yo, Tennessee, Arrested Development. That was my jam. I was actually just telling Connor about this song the other day. I sent him a link because he was, he was talking about something about he wanted to like go to Tennessee or some shit. I don't remember what we were And that just came about. up in conversation? But, yeah, whenever I hear Tennessee, like to this day, I still think of this jam. I sent it to Connor. I'm like, this is a fucking great song. Like, check this one out. I understand why they were advertising Bohemian Rhapsody to me in the beginning. Yeah. It, it brought that song back onto the charts just from being in Wayne's World. World. Yeah, because there it is at number 16. It's kind of like um, that guy on TikTok who who did the um, Stevie, the, you know, the um, he was drinking the ocean spray on the longboard. Uh, this Stevie Nicks, what band was she in? Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac, the, the Tears, whatever. I, I can't remember. It was like last month. A couple months ago. I got nothing. But a song from the 70s came back onto the Billboard charts because oh. of this because of this guy on a TikTok video. Oh, okay. Yeah, I missed that he one. He did a video with um, Cashed Outs, Good at Getting By. Really? Yeah. Okay. He, you know, just, he films himself riding around on longboard. All right. He's some... Uh, some longboarder. He got like... He got big money from like Ocean Spray and shit. Okay. <laughs> For the cranberry juice. Yo, Tears in Heaven, Eric Clapton, that's funny because we walked in today and I haven't listened to, thought of, or thought about that song, and um, my, my buddy here um, at the studio uh, got a new guitar for Christmas, and he's like, here, he's like, check out my new guitar, and literally the first thing I played when I picked that up was Tears in, Heaven. Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton, it's kind of weird, and now that's... You got Brian Adams on here. Dude, fucking everything about you, Ugly Kid Joe, that used to be my jam. <laughs> You got Mariah Carey on here like three times. It's yeah. unreal. Like she was a uh, Luther Vandross. She was a powerhouse. Yeah, of the 90s. She, she was always doing something. Luther Vandross. Yeah. All right, let's uh, do our one-hit wonder. Crisscross, make you want to jump. Yo, remember they had backwards clothes, dude? They had the hottest jerseys. They did. Like I, I remember they were wearing. Um, I think it was like an Atlanta Braves jersey or something. Yeah, the Braves. Man. The Braves were like the shit back then. Nah, the Yankees were the shit back then. Get the fuck out of here. In the early nineties, ninety two. That's oh, when the oh, Yankees this is ninety two. Sorry, I'm still thinking in like incubus times. Like, I'm still. No. I have ninety nine in my head. I'm sorry. I oh no, I it's ninety two. That's I was like, wait, what are you talking about? The Braves were the dominant team. Like this was the late nineties. The fucking Yankees. That oh, guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. The Braves were, the Braves, the Pirates, and the Twins. Yeah. That was Kirby um, Puckett. That was before Barry Bonds' head like grew three times its normal yeah. size from all the steroids he took. Yeah, Jesus, Barry Bonds. <laughs> oh shit! But yeah, crisscross. Um, there was a point in time when in grade school, a few kids at my school were coming with like backwards, backwards clothes, oh, clothes yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, mine too. I was like, they, were, they took over the world. Like everybody wanted to be crisscross. People were, you know, it was on the school bus. Yeah, we had. I think our our bus driver used to listen to. The, Listen to the radio real loud so you uh, didn't have to hear us. Yeah. They would always yell at us. Sounds about right for the 90s. Put, put it on Power 99. Because yeah. that was the station in Philly. Yeah. 
you know it was coming on. <laughs> yeah, this song, oh my god. Like, young kids, like, young kids, crisscross. And didn't they, like, try to, like, reconvene, like, four or five years later? They as, did, like, and, and obviously it was never going to work. You know, you couldn't Not, take like, gangster serious. rap, but, like, they were trying to come across as, like, Serious, yeah, yeah. Like, they're trying to be, like, serious rappers. But nobody, Wasn't it, like, Daddy Mac and Mac Daddy? Yeah. Were their names? Yeah, they're wiggity, 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 whack. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, like, to play off the whole backwards thing, like, one was... Yeah, you know Mac Daddy and one was Daddy Mac, I think. If you think about it, that's like brilliant marketing. It is. That's what I'm saying. It was. It was just a marketing thing. That's why you couldn't. You know, they weren't gonna ever be taken serious. It was just. Oh like shit! A, Eagles are up fourteen to three. Oh, look at that. Yeah, we got the Eagles game on in the background. Yeah, I just watched my Giants lose to the Ravens. So, well, I think that about wraps it up for today. Yeah, We're, I think uh, so. We've covered all our bases. Thank you again for listening. Um, be sure to go to follow us on Spotify, Unapologetically 90s. Same thing with Facebook and Instagram. Uh, give us a follow, like, subscribe, rate, review. Help us out with the algorithms. Algorithms. Anyways, we'll see you next time for episode four. We'll be doing Unplugged in New York by Nirvana. Till then, have a good one, everybody.